How to practice water stops. Most athletes who follow us or listen to our podcast at some point or another in their life want to do a distance run or a long distance race. When we are training for any event that is longer than 45 to 60 minutes in duration, it's really important that we begin to be talking about not only our fueling strategy, but also how we plan to stay hydrated throughout the race. During the summer months, this is especially important important to talk about. Many people during this time of year are gearing up for fall marathons, or if you're not training for a marathon, maybe a half marathon or something else that is a long distance race. Whenever we're training for a marathon, we typically see athletes doing runs of two to three hours. And when we have long runs of two to three hours, it is imperative that we stay hydrated. When we add in the factor of this heat and humidity during the summer months, hydration becomes even more critical. Some athletes choose to carry hydration backpacks. Other people run with the handheld water bottles. And some people don't carry anything, but they will simply stop during their run, maybe circle back to their house or their car and drink some waters at that designated stop. These are all really great approaches to ensure that we stay hydrated during our long runs. But one of the things that we often forget about is that we might also want to practice how we plan to approach us on race day. So on race day, you're going to have those water cups that you have to grab and drink from and for some people they don't really mind if they have to stop and maybe take their time at the water stops but for other people every second is on the line right so it really matters like one second could be the difference between them qualifying for the olympic trials or not one second could be the difference between them getting that boston qualifier or not and so if you are in a situation where you feel like every minute every second really really matters this conversation that we're going to have is really talking about how you can maybe shave a little bit of time off if we start thinking about how we approach these water stops. And also we'll talk a little bit about just staying hydrated and the different ways that you can approach that in your long run. So there's definitely good tidbits in here for all people, not just people who are hoping to be really efficient when going through the water stops. So some of the key points that we'll be talking about is when does it become important to really monitor how much time your water stops are taking in a long run? So does it really matter if you stop for 20 minutes during your long run for water stops or not? We'll also talk about how do you stay hydrated during your race? Um, Because some people, they do opt to maybe not um, hydrate maybe as much as they should and how that can impact your race. We'll also talk about different ways that you can practice running through water stops. We'll talk about how much water you should be taking in and should you wear hydration pack or handheld water during your race. So kicking things off with our first question here, when does it become important to really monitor how much time your water stops are taking? So this is more thinking about, let's say you have a two and a half hour long run scheduled let's say it's July, it's mm-hmm. 70 degrees, it's hot. It's really important to stay hydrated, right? So we want to be taking in water every every few miles and making sure that we do have that hydration going on because you do not want to get dehydrated. 
And what a lot of people will do, even myself included, is I like to just swing back to my car. I like to stop to get water. I like to stop to refill my water, that sort of thing. So Jason, like, when does it become important to maybe start looking at how much time you're stopped um, versus just trying to get the miles in and not really like care about that stuff? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, before we kind of dive into this, I just want to say that the biggest thing to think about here is how much water you should be drinking based on the time you're going to be running for. So like you mentioned, if you're running two and a half hours, you sort of want to have an idea in your mind of how many ounces should you be consuming for that time. Mm -hmm. Um, There are calculators out there. I know precision, precision hydration has a good one where you can plug in like your weight, height, weather, all of these factors, right? And then um, pace time, and it'll kind of give you an estimate for how many ounces you should consume. And so it's good to, to know that so that you can plan during your route because i know when i first started doing longer runs i would have to plan okay am i gonna stop maybe just once uh, or stop it in one location every time like back at my car um or am i going to drop a bottle somewhere or do i want to carry something you know and so these are the things you want to think about um and then also with how much time it's spending um you're spending at these stops so for me if i was doing the runs on my own the time I would stop for it was very minimal, right? It would just be maybe grabbing a couple sips of water and continuing. If I was running with a group and there was like a group water station, for example, then there might be some socializing happening, you know, as you stop. And so just kind of being aware, but I think early on, it's not a huge deal if you're new to the um, to running long, um, if you're taking a little bit of time, especially if you're keeping the pace easy and you're, you're really trying to keep your heart rate down. Um, the goal is just to spend time um, on your feet and to get used to fueling. And so um, I think that that's sort of a good thing to think about as you start planning your how to incorporate the water in your long runs. Interesting. Yeah, this Precision Hydration, they have a whole thing on their website about how to measure your sweat rate. And so basically what you're going to look at is kind of your weight before and after a run and how many ounces of water you drink during that run to make sure am I maintaining kind of my body weight or like how much because essentially like what you're losing in weight is your your water weight (laughs) and so if you go out on a run and you don't hydrate with anything and then you go back and like you weigh yourself and you lost two pounds you you really want to think that's like two pounds of water um so staying hydrated is extremely important i think we used to have a dietitian it was like five years ago now where she had coach ben um kind of record the before and after weight of like a 10 mile run so it was like a 70 minute run for him um but yeah i was kind of surprised he lost like two and a half pounds and he he didn't drink any water during it and that was kind of the point of it was to see like how many ounces per hour of um fluids does he need and so um it was a hot day when he did it so i think it was like she was recommending okay like at least 12 16 ounces of water per per hour in that weather and so oh at least yeah yeah. i think i think for um you know for most athletes the number is going to be somewhere around 20 might be as up up as high as 30 ounces per hour per hour and so it just depends on weight sweat rate weather all these factors right i know when we were doing nordic ski season um the weather was cold and so that calculator told me i only needed 15 but i still was striving for about 20 ounces per hour. hour at least 20. interesting so um once you know that number, you start to crack, you know, and, and here's the other thing too. So you may feel like you don't need that much during training if you're keeping it easy. But what you need to remember is, okay, if you're running, you're in your race, you're running faster, you're going to need that for sure. So you want to practice the same way and train your body to be able to handle it, right? You don't want to get to the race day and then all of a sudden you got all this water sloshing around because you're not used to consuming it in training. Um, right. So I think it's just it's sort of planning. You know, if you're gonna be out there two and a half hours, let's say you're shooting for twenty ounces an hour, 
you know, that is 50 ounces of water total, right? So how are you going to break that down? Are you going to stop five times and drink 10 ounces? Are you going to, um, you know, the more frequent you do, and this is why marathons are great because you do have the supported stations every couple of miles. So you can slowly, you know, add in more fluids. It's kind of hard on your stomach if you go chug a 16 ounce bottle, but that that's what I started doing when I was um, training for marathons because I, I only really wanted to stop in my car like once, once one to three times. So mm. I would probably chug a whole bottle or I'd take half of it and just carry it with me for a mile and then, you know, chug the rest and then ditch it. So there's a lot of different ways, but um, I think there's a lot of planning that goes into this for sure. Yeah, I think, I think I misspoke earlier when I was talking about Coach Ben. I think the recommendation was 12 to 16 ounces every 30 minutes. And I mm-hmm. think he was like flabbergasted at how much water he would have needed to consume um, right. on on a run, right? Because that is, that's quite a bit. Like if you're not used to regularly bringing something to hear like, hey, if you go out on an hour run, I'm going to want you to consume whatever it is, like right. 20 plus ounces of water. And so if you're not used to it, like you were saying, the slashing in the stomach, that sort of thing, what I think works really well is carrying like the little handheld water bottle and just sipping on it throughout your run because then you're you're not forced to, like you were saying, just stop at your car, chug an entire bottle, and then you have that like sloshing feeling for the next two or three right. miles of your run. I personally really like the handheld, but the bummer with my handheld, I think it's only 16 or 18 ounces. And so then I do have to stop um, pretty regularly to like refill that handheld, but it does allow you that fact that you can sip on it slowly. And I also think that kind of simulates how I like to race because a lot of the races that I'm doing at least, there's water stops every one or two miles. And so I like to just sip on water kind of throughout that and not just wait until I'm really thirsty and just like pound a bunch of waters. Um, And another way that you can do that is with the hydration backpacks. I know that those can be really popular as well. They hold a lot more water, so you're not going to be forced to stop every 45 to 60 minutes to like refill your small handheld bottle. Um, Yeah, but those are some really good tips that can help you stay hydrated on your run but really when does it become important to monitor how much time these water stops are taking so just some background here jason used to work at i i don't know if i want to say the organization but lifetime run so they did a lot of group runs in-person coaching really fun place to work also really fun place to coach lots of great people um one of the things that we started to kind of notice with just the culture of the run group and i think this is how a lot of run groups are is the water stops would would turn into like chat sessions because like think about it if you're on the run you're probably only running with people like your pace and then when you get to the water stop oh like i get to talk to jason because we're both stopped at the same water stop at the same time and so sometimes people would like wait up for their friends who are maybe gonna take mm-hmm. a little bit longer to get there and so obviously you want to respect like the socializing aspect of things and understanding like what the purpose of you going to these events is right so like maybe you only go once in a blue moon and like really you're focusing more on like the socialization aspect there um, but if you're going kind of pretty regularly i think it is important to monitor at least within a reasonable range like how much you're stopped for because what happens is if you're stopped for maybe more i mean i've i've stopped my watch quite a few times but i noticed that if i'm stopped for more than like three to four minutes my watch actually chirps at me and it says um like attention resting heart rate like you're now down at your resting heart rate 
which is fine maybe for like a second, but the idea of a long run is that our body is used to a sustained heart rate in like the zone mm-hmm. two or higher. And if you're doing water stops, let's say we're recommending water stops every few miles, right. if you're stopping every few miles and allowing your heart rate to drop back down to resting levels for longer than, I don't know, five minutes each time if your heart rate's at the resting level, because it does take your heart rate time to get back down, but let's say your your total stop at each water stop is like 10 minutes. It's probably gonna take two minutes for your heart rate to lower. So you're talking eight minutes per stop of having a resting heart rate per every 30 minutes of running. So really, we just wanna think about what is the purpose of our long run, right? Is the purpose of our long run to kind of be doing like an interval type training where we're letting Mm -hmm. our heart rate get back down or is it to sustain that effort, sustain the heart rate and thinking about like the physiological benefit there. Um, So that's really when I like to point things out to athletes is if I notice maybe there's more than like an hour or 45 minutes of elapsed time in a long run. Um, if you have like 10, 15 minutes in a two, two and a half hour long run, you're probably fine, right? Like it's not meant to be like, right. you have to stare at your watch, you have to make sure, leave your watch running. No, it doesn't have to be anything crazy like that. But it's just, if you notice that like you're getting upwards of 30 minutes of stop time on like a two hour run, like maybe that's kind of where I'd say, okay, like maybe well, let's monitor it a little bit more, but it's right. nothing you need to be like overly um, analytical about, especially thinking of the circumstances, right? Like things happen. Sometimes we have to go to the bathroom during our water stop. Yep. Sometimes like all exactly. these things happen, right? Yeah. And I remember some of those group runs and you know, the water stop was set up in a spot where you could hit it three to four times mm. in a run. So if you are spending even like four minutes each time you're there, you know, that's going to be at least 12 minutes of stop time plus, you know, any other stops that you might have had to make along the way too for traffic or bathroom or whatever. And so, yeah, the time can add up quick. Um, so just trying to set like a sort of a, like a rule of thumb for you, like how much time do you think it, you need to take to consume your, your liquids? And so maybe it's one minute, maybe it's two minutes. And then trying to stick to that, I think is really good. Um, another sort of thing that I think people get carried away with is they, they stop to not only drink and consume the liquids, but to fuel with something. So they take Mm. their gel or their food at this time. And what I like to recommend is if you can carry that with you on the run, eat that, consume that before you're about approaching your water. That way you can kind of get it washed down with your water and you're saving time. And so I think it's good to, um, you know, like for me in the race, that's what I'll do. If I see like the next water stop approaching about a quarter mile up, I will start to consume my, my next gel. And then I'll get the water right after, or else I'll, I'll have some Gatorade, and so that's that's kind of like how I like to do it. Um, or you could do it right after as well, but I know that um, some people like to have the fluids to wash it down after. Right, and if you're like an old pro at this, like if you've been do, if you've done several marathons and like you you kind of know the drill. Um, you know, you can probably get away with being a little bit more lax in your training as long as you know how to like turn it on, right? But if you've never really put any sort of like pressure on yourself to like, okay, I gotta be efficient with my fueling. I think it is good to have times within your training where you do practice that because if you do have a really time specific goal, you do wanna look at like all the ways that you can be more efficient. And I know in the world of endurance sports, right? We can talk about tri training a little bit because you've done several triathlons, you've coached many triathletes. And one of the biggest things is that transition time is where a lot of people can like, you can shave off minutes off your time if your transition times um, just get more efficient. And so while it might seem a little silly to like practice things like stripping off your wetsuit, getting on your bike, all those things, and like, I don't know what else you have to do. um, It can save you 
time and it will save you time but like let's say you're not super competitive and you don't want to like shave every second off your time then maybe it's not something you you have to practice right but we're just sharing this and bring this to light because it can say shave some time off of your time if you are a little bit more efficient with your fueling if that's something that you're looking to do yeah i mean exactly the <laughs> clock is going to keep running and you know right. in the triathlon i had a lot of people that wanted to hit a certain time for like a half Ironman, you know, like mm-hmm. six hours or five hours, whatever it is. And they kind of forgot and they do the math with their bike and they're swimming, they run, but they forget about those two transitions oh, yeah. and how that can easily add about 10 minutes depending on how easily. big the zone is and all of that, because there is some time required, you know, removing the wetsuit and putting on the bike shoes and all these things and running similar too with, um, with the water stops. And so you want to be, you know, you kind of want to train the same way you plan to race. And so maybe, maybe you stop and walk through the water stops, but at least you're still moving and you're consuming your products at that point, but you're never really going to come to a complete stop. I don't think during the race and, and chat, unless you're maybe doing like Disney or something. Right. Or you don't, photos, yeah. But, or you're not caring you're not, that much about right. your time. But also, yeah, with the triathlon thing, right? So practicing your transitions, when people do that, it's not like every time you go out and do like a brick workout, you have to be like, oh my gosh, we got to go as fast as possible. You don't have to set that intention every single day, just like with this. You don't have to set every single long run and be like, oh God, oh, I got to do this. You know, it's just enjoy your training. Try to enjoy, you know, you can have some days that are more leisurely. You don't have to always be pedal to the metal. But I do think within the course of your training, challenging yourself maybe on four or five different occasions i want to be efficient and i'm going to practice this so that on race day it's not like super stressful because it can be stressful to be like okay rip out your gel put it you know take the fuel do the water as efficient as possible and so you want to have practice in your training where you did kind of put a little bit of stress on yourself to be efficient with that just like with the transitions in a triathlon you're definitely not doing that every day you're not doing it even every week but as race gets closer it is something you are going to want to practice and the reason being is because you don't want to be flustered on race day when you get out of the water and it's the first time you've ever had to rip off your your wetsuit and try to do all of these things um the reason why you practice is mainly so that you can simulate how flustered you maybe would feel during a race and know how to stay calm in that situation and know how to execute um, and implanting that in that muscle memory so that you feel really confident and nothing is new on race day. Yeah, I always I always like the time during a marathon, especially where it's time to fuel because it just gives your mind Mm. like this short break and something else to focus on. You're still running and obviously you're still running and trying to maintain the same pace, but it just gives you just that brief break of like, okay, this is what I need to focus on here. I need to not drop my gel or my, my cliff shots or whatever I'm taking. I need to grab the cup. I need to crease it. I need to not, you know, dump all the water out on accident. Um, you know, I, I know going into the water stop, am I consuming electrolytes now or water? And so that's the other thing that that calculator can help with is helping you identify how much sodium and electrolytes you should be consuming mm. within those fluids. So most of the time it's going to say 500 to a thousand milligrams per uh, hour. So within that 24 to 32 ounces of water, you should be getting, you know, 500 plus milligrams of sodium. So figuring out how are you getting that? Because a lot of the gels don't have that. And so that's where some of the other sports drinks come into play and kind of alternating between the two. That's what I like to do. Um, It's a lot easier to do that if you're tracking it yourself and your training runs. It can be a little bit more tricky during the race, you know, because you're relying on 
sometimes the what's on the course and it you know you don't know exactly how much sodium's in there if it's watered down but being aware of the race um, the water stops at the race that you're doing so most most bigger races they have a good um, you know either graphic or details on their website about where are the water stops what's being served at each one so you can sort of formulate that plan ahead of time figure out what do I need where to make sure that you are kind of hitting your your minimum requirements there so and this is gonna help you prevent cramping prevent you from hitting the wall later on in the race and so um, it's really important I think to have a good plan and to sort of get, get that experience throughout your training. Yeah, and I always like to say you're probably going to end up racing similar to how your training went. Um, so a lot of the times we we'll always think about like, how am I gonna stay hydrated during a race? Well, we shouldn't really even be asking the question. It's more about like, how am I gonna practice this during training? Because everything you do on race day is gonna be what you did during training. Um, so that's how you're gonna stay hydrated, mainly during the race. Um, if you end up during training having like cramping that's happening more than once, you know, on long runs, definitely that's a red flag, something to look at. Like, are your sodium levels off? Are you not fueling enough? Um, are you dehydrated? Those sort of things. Uh, if you hit the wall during training on maybe like more than one training run, again, it, it's almost like it's a pattern. And so we want to look at was pacing off, um, was electrolyte imbalance, was hydration off. There's usually a reason why something happened unless it's like a one-time fluke thing. But if it's like a repeated pattern, we really want to take a deep dive and try to figure out maybe what the cause of that was. And oftentimes with these things like hitting the wall or cramping, um, you know, sometimes it's pace related and I think most athletes will know that, but sometimes it's like this, oh my gosh, I have no idea what happened. And so that's when we really want to go look at the fueling, um, source of things. And we do have registered dietitians here on for PR. So if you have like more specific questions and you really want to work with someone who is a professional and who has helped other people with these struggles, because this is very common, um, we would love to get you set up with, um, one of them, but if you are also dehydrated after your run. So this is actually really common and I don't think a lot of people are aware of this. So like, let's say you finish your long run and you're just like so thirsty and like maybe it takes you a couple hours to go to the bathroom after and then you notice like the mm -hmm. color is flagging like very like orange, yellow, like where it's like a dehydration um, and you only went maybe like 18 miles. I would say that that's also a red flag because that means that you went 18 miles and you got dehydrated. Um, so if you're asking your body to go eight more miles, so almost, right. you know, 18 miles is what, like almost like a fourth of a marathon? Is this right? Yeah, like something about a fourth of a marathon. If you have to go 25% more, if you had to finish that off and you're already dehydrated, that's gonna be a problem. So we are gonna wanna have to address these things so that on race day, we're not ending up in those dehydration situations. So when you are finished with your long run, it shouldn't be any sort of symptoms of dehydration after that. If you do have symptoms like that, then that's a sign that we didn't fuel enough. And that's something really to look at because we do have to recognize that the marathon distance is going to be longer and you're also probably going to be going at a faster right. pace. And so it's <laughs> going to be more aggressive on the body. And so when you're finished with your longer long runs, you want to be feeling pretty good in terms mm -hmm. of the fueling and the hydration. And if you do feel like, you know, maybe you're a little dehydrated, take that as a sign that we need to up the fluid intake, especially on race day. Yep. That was very well said. I was just thinking the same thing about how in the race, you're likely going to be going faster. And so oh, yeah. the, the energy demands that your body is going so to be requiring, more. it's going to be so much more than, than what you're experiencing in your long runs. And that's why, I, and that's where I see a lot of athletes that, you know, they don't quite hit their goal or they're off by, you know, eight to 10 minutes mm -hmm. in the marathon. And it's like, well, 
that's part of it is the fueling you know maybe you're used to fueling a certain amount and you didn't really increase it during um during the race you know for yeah. example um and that's why as the more experience you become i think it's important that we do incorporate a lot of like that pace work into some of those long runs so you you get a sense of like how does your body respond and um you know is it holding up are you are you staying strong because like you said you just want to finish the long run still feeling like you can keep going um and that that can be tough especially if it's heat of the summer and you know, you're, and I see a lot of people that go into these runs are not really well fueled up from the beginning. I see the comments that some of my athletes leave and it's like they knew it going in, but they just mm. like, they just felt like they had to get the run in that day. And so, you know, obviously going into the marathon, hopefully your everything's going to be perfect in terms of like your nutrition and the days leading up. But in your long training runs, it should be, you should approach those the same way too. You want to make sure you're well fueled, you, you, you carbo load for those you wake up extra early, you hydrate, and all the, all the little things that can help you have a, a more successful run. Yeah, and I think that brings up a really solid point of in the marathon, you are gonna be going at a faster pace if you're racing it. Um, everything about the marathon race is different than what you're doing in training in a lot of ways, right? So if you have like, let's just say on your schedule, 18 mile easy long run, that is way less demanding on your body than the marathon race. And so like you were saying, you could maybe get away with not as much fluids, not maybe fueling 100%. And you might think, oh, this is fine. This is just how like my body is. Um, no. So on marathon race day, it's going to be a lot more taxing on your body and you aren't necessarily going to be able to get away with um, not fueling every 30 to 45 minutes without having repercussions of um, glycogen storages getting gobbled up and then you needing to kind of rely more on those fat storages, which will only allow you to run at slower paces. Um, so it, when they say hit the wall in the marathon, they don't mean like, oh, you won't be able to finish or like, oh, you have to walk to the finish. What that means is like, you're no longer properly fueled. You kind of ran out of gas. And so now you have to operate on the the lesser of the better fueling systems of your body right like you can still get there i mean think of how many people who finish marathons right and blow up but you have to utilize a different different energy system right and so it's the less beneficial one it's the one that you don't want to be using during your marathon race um because if you gobble up all the other resources it's like you kind of downgrade what system you can be using and so you're just going to slow down and we don't want that to happen we would rather have you be able to use like the optimal system so that you can run at the fastest possible pace and that's why fueling becomes really important um dehydration is going to start impacting your performance pretty quickly also so just making sure that you stay hydrated is very important. And one of the ways that it's going to help you is if you practice running through water stops, right? So if you're planning to run a race like, I don't know, the Chicago Marathon, um, there's going to be water stops. I didn't research this, but I would assume every mile. Um, usually at major marathons, it's pretty much every mile. Um, and what I would do then is try to grab a cup at almost every mile and just take sips throughout. Um, cause you know, maybe at one water stop, you drop the cup, maybe the cup's barely full. Mm -hmm. You want to take almost every opportunity and just kind of get in that routine of grabbing a cup, taking some sips, keep going. You definitely don't want to get dehydrated. You definitely also don't want to be like chugging water. Like you don't want to stop at every water stop, take three cups, take 12 ounces every mile, you know, you don't need to like be doing that right, extent, right. but I'm saying take a few steps. So if you take two ounces at every water stop or three ounces at every water stop for 26 miles, 
you're going to get, what, like 70, 75 ounces if you take three ounces. And that's about, you know, what some people might need for four-hour marathon. Um, I think that's a, a good approach. You could also try to approach it different ways, but also just trying to calculate the math, figure out what's going to work. I do think practicing with small Dixie cups, the little paper cups, you can get them at the store, try practicing and using that pinch approach. So you're going to want to like pinch the cup with your thumb and pointer finger, um, kind of pinch it so that it almost, I don't know, how would you describe it? Uh, just like a, a nice little, crease and it, oh, it'll look, it'll look really, um, sharp and then the water will flow out of that, you know, into one. It's imagine if you were going to pour liquid into another cup and you want to have it pour nicely, you know, you would, you would crease it so that it yeah, just flows out nicely. It. Right. So it doesn't, yeah. So you don't spill. Yeah. If you're going to pour it into like a really, um, small, uh, like a vase or something with a tiny circumference, you know, you would want it as thin as possible. So the water just flows out nicely and kind of the same concept you want to make sure the water is flowing into your mouth um and so yeah practice you know kind of slowing your pace slightly but if you can still manage to keep running while you kind of tilt your head a little up and then you you know you let the crease kind of trickle the water right into your mouth that way um you can practice this at home you know you don't need to wait for the race Um, just get some dixie cups that, that will crinkle and um you know with with water stops, every race is different, right? Like, so like you were saying, Chicago might have them every mile or two, and there might be really long water stops. So, you know, if you do skip one or two, you might be able to take a water right away at the beginning of the stop, and then you might be able to get a Gatorade um, like 20 seconds later at the end of the uh, water stop too. And if you're in a small race where they maybe only have them every three miles, then you might have to think about, you know, what are you going to do? But um, Right, and also being aware of like where you're at in the race. So yes. if you are... If you're, in if the you're back. planning on running, uh, probably, I think around like three forty-five to four hours is where you're gonna start seeing that like uh, maybe like twenty-five percent of people are gonna be walking through a water stop. Um, and if you're maybe in the four thirty, it's it's gonna start to be almost everyone, um, just at least a few steps through the stop. And so being aware that like that's just how it's gonna go for you. And so maybe practicing it that way, um, and just making sure you're kind of being courteous to the people around you while also kind of being semi-aggressive with grabbing the cup because making sure that you are staying to the side of the road and not staying in the middle because what will end up happening to some people is if you're doing some of these really, really big races, which definitely happened to me at Boston some years, um, and you're not being like really aware of, okay, I need to be on either side where these cups are you could get locked in the middle and get no cups. And I see that happen to people. Like they just don't, they don't take water or whatever, but making sure that you're being proactive, getting there, knowing when the water stops are coming up, staying to the side. I know that running the tangents is also very important, but so is staying hydrated. So pick your battles, right? Figure out which one um, is more important to you. And then I also think it's important to think about, can you wear hydration? pack or handheld during the race so there are some races where you cannot wear a hydration pack so sometimes uh, my athletes or people will be like oh you know uh, do you think i should run the race with my hydration pack on um my answer is gonna vary from person to person but i think you should do what the race allows obviously you can't do anything the race doesn't allow but also do what you're most comfortable with um i will say that if you decide to not race with a heavy hydration pack you probably might be able to run a little bit faster 
But if like it's something that you feel like if you don't wear it, like it's gonna just mentally kind of do something to you or you really don't want to practice water stops, there could be like zero benefit then. Like maybe it's better if you just wear the hydration pack and do what you're used to do you, right? Um, you know what's gonna work best for you more than anyone else because you're out there with yourself. You're the one practicing all of these strategies. And if you know that like running with a handheld or like running with your hydration pack during the race, is going to be really important to you then go for it i think definitely do what works for you personally i just like to grab the water cups that are there even if it means that some of them i do have to walk through them because i've done some smaller races i think there was one in michigan i did two two years ago now was it two? um there was like no one at the water stops but they had like cups out mm-hmm. But it didn't impact my time because really, if you just grab the cup, it's one, two step, boom, back into running. And I remember being really surprised every time I would look down at my watch and the miles would click that I wasn't running any slower. I was actually running faster. Um, So sometimes it's just people think that doing a a quick little walk by is going to take time, but it really doesn't because it's only a couple steps. Yeah, all good points. You know, I think you got to do what is most comfortable to you and um, you know, training the way you're planning to, to do it in the race. And so if you get really comfortable wearing the hydration pack, um, by all means, feel free to do that. Right. But like you said, if it's a little constricting, I know some people have talked about how it just feels tighter on their necks or shoulders and they run more tense, yeah. then don't wear it. And there are some other options. You can try the handheld or there's a water belt. Um, and so a lot of times what you do is you maybe put in your electrolytes that you really want to have, you know, if you don't like the Gatorade or whatever they're serving on the course. And then you, you're at least getting your preferred um, electrolytes, and then you can just rely on the water in the cups, right? Because mm. a lot of times you might, your handheld might only be like, I don't know, 14 or 16 mm. ounces, but you know, it might be smaller. So that's sort of how you have to plan for that. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's a really good thing to have to be doing your research on, you know, figuring out what are you going to take? What is the course what like? What does the course offer? Right, because exactly. I think that brings up a really good point of doing your research. There have been races where I'm halfway through the training for and I don't even know what they offer. And then I find out, oh, it's noon and I've been training with. Oh, when I first started running, I probably didn't even know until I was in the race. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I just, I, I didn't really care if it was Powerade, Gatorade, like whatever. And then I started mm-hmm. to become more aware that there's other products out there. And I'm like, oh, what is this? And so, yeah, it was oh, just. Man. I just knew I needed like something other than water and so but you know you the more you um I think can plan and 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 start to think about what it is that you need and experiment I think you're gonna feel a lot more confident in your feeling and nutrition approach absolutely a lot of good points there and doing the research super important and then also remember that just because like someone else is doing it a certain way doesn't mean you have to do it a certain way there are people I want to say gosh it would have been like coach Ed who used to work with us didn't he used to always run with a handheld yep 246 marathon handheld and he was like in his or maybe he ran even faster than that 244 I don't remember but um in the 240s in his late 40s with a handheld like some people they just they feel more comfortable with it it just becomes super natural um and if it works for you works for you i've also seen several people break a three-hour marathon while wearing a hydration backpack right so um, if it's something that's working for you just keep doing it just make sure you're kind of researching what races do and don't allow because i think some of the bigger races i've I've seen in the past where Mm -hmm. they're like oh we don't do hydration backpacks but a lot of the smaller ones um i think cim the year i ran it that's when i really noticed geez there's a lot of people up here with 
hydration packs on people were wow. blown by me and they had hydration packs and i was like wow that's that's impressive but again it just goes to like whatever is most comfortable for you and what you're used to i think you should continue doing for your race but that's just a testament that hydration can definitely um help you stay steady throughout the race and if that means that you have the hydration pack or handheld then more power to you and using your resources and knowing what works well for you because hydration is going to help you achieve your potential in any race event so if you are interested in breaking through to the next level and getting some coaching we would love to chat more with you about your goals and come up with specific workouts to help you achieve your potential in the sport of running if that's something you're interested in we can do a free seven-day trial working with a coach you can fill out the form on our website www.run4prs.com and we can chat more again that's www.run4prs.co for a free seven-day trial thanks for tuning in